How's it going, folks? It's your guy, Tommy Gann. TG here for Ice Cold Sports. America's Sports Show, People's Podcast, that whole spiel and spadazzle, whatever you want to call it. With me, uh, once again, is the lovely, the beautiful, the sexy, the sexy beast. He's a sexy lion. So, guys, a lion. Zach Lyons, how we doing, Mr. Lions and Tigers and Bears, oh my. You're uh, you're too flattering, TG. I'm, I'm good. How are you, man? It's been a minute. You know, I've been good. I've been good. You know what? You know what? I, no one asked me that. I've been good. It was a good weekend. Uh, enjoyed myself. Uh, but you know who didn't enjoy themselves? Can I ask you? You know who didn't enjoy themselves? Who did? Not. Who did, who did not? Who did not? was Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ because they both thought they were going to get traded, and they did not. And that brings us to our first topic conversation, the Major League Baseball uh, trade deadline. It was today, and two relatively large, I think probably two large storylines over everything else. One, Juan Soto. Uh, he's been traded finally from the Nationals to the Padres. It seemed for a second like Eric Hosmer was going to hold up the deal, uh, but that ended up not happening. They ended up getting a King's Ransom in uh, back for him. Basically just cleared out their farm system. The Nationals did. The the Padres cleared out their farm system to get uh, Soto. But people were saying even that, it's still a steal. Uh, now the Padres have three superstars on one team between Machado, Tatis, and Soto, it seems so crazy that this went so quickly. Uh, what do you see going forward, and does this put the Padres in contention with the Dodgers for winning it all this year? Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised by this because I thought I thought in the Venn diagram of who has the assets to trade for Juan Soto. And who has the money to pay Juan Soto? I didn't think in that little bit. I didn't think the Padres existed in that middle, little middle sliver there. Um, it, it, I, they might have just given up five of their best prospects for a rental as well. You never know. I don't think it's going to well, end up that way. But here's the he thing: also, it's not just a rental because he's not a free agent at the end of this year. Oh yeah, this is this is true. He has a whole other year. So I mean, if you're going to go this, for it, is this is this an arbitration year then? I'm not sure. I do know that going to last year, going into this year, I know he was. I don't know. I know that he wanted out, and apparently he still had one year left, which feels by itself to be a major coup. Usually, they players aren't able to get out of this kind of contract this quickly, especially with a year left on the deal. But ended up happening. So I'm not sure if it's arbitration or not. He's promised to get some big bucks coming up probably year after next, unless the Padres somehow dig into their pockets and find the big cash to pay him, which I don't know where they'd get it. But who knows? For all we know, uh, that you know, for all I know, they have just the money shelved off somewhere ready to pay these guys. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I mean, you'd assume if you're giving up that kind of assets for him, they're going to make a significant offer in his direction. I would say so. Um, I didn't think there was any way that the Nationals were ever going to win this trade. 
Um, it's just it's just impossible when you're trading a player of this caliber. But um, you know, it really just depends how much you value C.J. Abrams and Mackenzie Gore. I think those two were were really the centerpiece prospects. Both have been okay not great in the majors so far abrams has proven to be a, a valuable shown some value as a fielder but um the bat really just is not there for him yet so um and you know the the three three others they received um i think some of them are still in rookie ball so i yeah. you know we'll, we'll see the we'll see the we'll see this trade kind of take shape over time it's you know it's it's impossible to analyze right now but i i did think the nationals got decent value even if you know they they were never going to win the trade and then you take the flip side here and you talk about what was the second i think well obviously i'm a cubs fan but i would say it's probably the second number two storyline of the day which is that the cubs did not trade their two top assets wilson Contreras and ian happ both all-stars if you know you don't want to say ian happ is good well that's a you problem uh it's it's surprising to a lot of people because this is a contract year for Contreras. Hap, his contract year is next year. I guess it would have made more sense to me for them to keep Hap and trade Contreras. Now, you have to believe that now that they've kept Contreras, they're going to actually extend an offer to him, which they weren't willing to do in the first part of the season. So, I can't tell you. I could see this working out in the Cubs' favor because, I mean, the prospects they were going to get back in that kind of trade – I think the Cubs thought to themselves, you know, if we're not going to get something great here, a make-or-break kind of trade, then, I mean, what's the point of throwing, probably throwing away Wilson Contreras forever because the odds of re-signing a guy after you trade him away are so low. So uh, that's just my take on it. I like the move as long as they make a serious attempt at bringing back Wilson Contreras. Thoughts? Um... Yeah, you know them. Them standing pat at the deadline. I think those are two. You know, it, I, I might, I might underrate Ian Happ just a, just a bit. I, he's, he's a solid hitter. All star, all star Ian Happ. We talking about all star Ian Happ. Um, Loveless and Contreras. You, you, at the end of the day, you, you just have to make a commitment to your core players. Um, in baseball, the the, the homegrown talent is is kind of how you win these days, unless you're, unless you're the Dodgers or the Yankees. So. Um, you know, I know it's been a rough season for the Cubs, but you know, you build around him and Contreras and, and Saya and eventually might find an NL Central pennant that seems to be one of the more volatile divisions in baseball, anyways. I, I really do think that if the Cubs spend something and they keep bringing up some of these young guys, I think they can bring up they can have a winner in the year or two. Uh, honestly, legitimately, because half the team right now is team players that are not major league quality. But there's also a part of the team which are guys I could see down the road being real uh, core players in a playoff lineup. So I, I see a future there, but we'll see if that ends up working out. I don't want to get too far into the weeds here because there's probably a bigger story that happened yesterday, and that was Deshaun Watson being suspended for only six games by Sue L. Robinson, the NFL's disciplinary uh, officer. Obviously, a wide range of emotions here. Uh, I want to stay stick away from the kind of the 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 
the tougher parts to the situation, exactly, you know, the moral issues and to all, you know, which I think are legitimate and should be talked about. But I, I want to talk, I think it has been talked about at length by a lot of people. I think I want to talk more about this in comparison to other punishments given out, like what we saw with uh, Calvin Ridley, where he's now suspended for more, at least a season for gambling on his team to win, which was, it, I mean, and you could say on one hand that that has to do directly with stuff happening on the field. On the other hand, you could say that the severity of these two on in the bigger picture are completely off. Um, I made the point that Watson sat out the entire season last year, uh, but you pointed out that that could have had to do with the contract dispute. But at the same time, I don't know if he said, no, I want to play for the Texans, if they were going to let him come back and play. So it's all just a, a whole bunch of of just weird stuff going on. One case that I, I do want to bring up, which I think is important to talk about, is Trevor Bauer. I said, uh, what was it, a year ago, I, I said that I thought the two-year penalty given to him was too harsh considering the amount of time that he had been uh, on leave essentially making it a three-year suspension, um, which, again, I'm not saying I'm not trying to dive into the moral uh, center of the issue. I'm just talking in terms of, you know, context, and it just seemed like an over-suspension. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, it's, it's, a, it's a strange situation because uh, Sue, Sue L. Robinson, the, the private litigator brought in by the NFL to decide the case, um, in, in her opinion, she essentially said, uh, this, this is the most abhorrent behavior I have ever seen from an NFL player. You know, she, she essentially said in, in this 16-page opinion that she wrote that um, she wanted to suspend him for longer, but the, the bylaws of the CBA just simply did not allow it. Um, it, it, it just seems that the, those bylaws are so poorly written that, um, you know, ever, I feel like the, the Ray Rice case was the, the one that kind of brought, um, the inconsistency of NFL suspensions to light and, um, you know, I, I just kind of say it's the, it's the wheel of player discipline, right? Just like spin it and see what happens. Cause no case, you know, the, the gravity of, of any specific case doesn't seem to, to matter or weigh on the decision of uh, previously Roger Goodell, who, who used to be a, the judge, jury, and executor on, on disciplinary matters. Um, and, and even now they, they bring in a private litigator and, and it still just doesn't seem to get any better. So um, I, I don't know what the answer is, but the it, it just seems so widely inconsistent that there has to be a better way right there definitely has to be a better way i'd be interested and this is conspiratorial thinking to think if the nfl they supposedly said we want a whole year suspension but what was it one of those things where they had to say that and they really wanted something more like what sue robinson said if that makes any sense and that's maybe just kind of devious thinking of me thinking about how the nfl would operate but that just seems like something the NFL would do. 
Um, it was it was actually the NFLPA pushing for a smaller suspension. I know the NFLPA was looking for for zero, but I was just saying the NFL just saying what they have to say, but also thinking, well, we'll just say this, but in reality, it's going to be this. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never know what goes on behind closed doors. So yeah, it's tough situation. He'll be back. Uh, I mean, apparently week seven. Um, there's going to be a lot of storylines going on uh, everywhere, flying in from everywhere when he takes the Brown, field. Browns fans love him. His jersey makes the NFL a lot of money. His jersey makes him a lot of money. A lot um, of Browns fans this, seem not to like him. Uh, the uh, the videos coming from camp would uh, really would uh, say say contrary. I don't, know. Um, I, don't, it, I don't know. It's no one knows. It, it just, we're just a just couple doesn't... of idiots talking on Zoom right now. I don't know if we can really give a proper analysis of this entire situation. You're right. It just feels like proper justice has not been served. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair way of putting it. Uh, Tiger Woods. I didn't put this on our thing, but I forgot to. Tiger Woods. So apparently, he turned out 800 million, somewhere between 700 to 800 million from Live Golf. Uh, which would almost double his net, his net worth, and then uh, proceeded to just shit on Live Golf. Uh, which I I gotta say, kudos to Tiger. First of all, I mean I love Tiger, and I think this was the right move. Uh, I've obviously not let my opinions on Live Golf go quiet. Uh, I've said it's you know about you know the blood more blood money and it's a porn and all that stuff. Uh, I find it very interesting that it's, I mean, I, I get it. He's he's worth like a billion bucks, but that amount of money, I mean, holy cow. What price do you, like, start to sell? You, you know what I mean? Like, what price does money just become, like, the money just blinds you completely? And that's, uh, that, I mean, what are your thoughts? Um, you know, I mean, I mean, good for Tiger. Um, this this whole live thing just has always seemed like a billionaire boys club with, um, you know, lots of lots of corrupt money at play. Um, and and I just don't I just don't know what the incentive is to perform for any of these players. Once there is not. It, it it's it seems like you well, know the PG... there are apparently like yeah there are like uh, uh, prizes winning events and stuff but i mean yeah you're right yeah just compared with the structure of the pga tour you, you know i know i know the tour probably could do things better in terms of how they um okay. you know the events the events they host and the, and the 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 type of crowd they attract but um you know it, it i just you know kept kepka uh bubba all these other guys just get such a massive payday up front it's just like it you know it's coming in what's my what's my incentive to pay what what's my incentive to play what's my incentive to perform other than you know maybe a performance bonus here or there i don't i don't know i'll be into one side note before we move on uh apparently the pga is upping their prize money to 428.6 million next year oh, wow while live only offered this last year like well the next year is only offering 405 million uh and also the pga is giving 145 million dollars in bonuses and $75 million for the FedEx Cup. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering how long Live Golf is really going to last, because clearly, if they haven't gotten more golfers to jump over by now, 
I think they're probably not going to. I don't think they're going to get a TV deal at all. I don't think any TV network wants to touch that with a template stick. I mean, yeah, they they just yeah. broadcast primarily on YouTube, right? Exactly. And what yeah. point does the you know does the main guy over there in uh, Saudi Arabia pull the plug on his son's like pet project? Food for thought. Uh, the Miami the Miami Dolphins. So this kind of fell out of the news, and now it's back in the news. A few months ago, all the stuff happened with um, Brian Flores. He got canned there in Miami, and he said, "Well, I basically got told not to win," and that caused a big flurry and all these things. And there was a big there was an NFL investigation. The report came out today, and they essentially said in the report they didn't actually pay to uh, lose games, but they did tamper. So they kind of used the tampering as an excuse to punish them, and they took away, what was it, a first-round pick this year and a second-round pick next year, if I'm correct? Uh, third next year. Third-round pick next year, but still. Yeah, yeah. And then the owner is suspended until October, Stephen Ross. Um. It's interesting to look at this from a few different angles. Clearly in the report, they're not happy with how Ross conducted himself, and they believe that he in some way implied that losing games would be better. Uh, at the same time, they couldn't actually prove that he really made any effort to make them lose games. Uh, so they kind of threw in these these charges of tampering with Tom Brady which was and uh, Sean Payton, which I feel like, in other circumstances, probably would not have been as harshly judged as this. But because there's all these allegations coming in, they had to take a stand, and this is where that stand came out to be. Um, interesting to me that Stephen Ross got a <laughs> longer suspension than Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's true. Or October. is it... Well, Will it be, I don't know, it might be right around the same time, but still. I think it's like, a little bit less, but yes. Yeah, one, yeah, I see one, what of, you mean. one of Goodell's bosses got a, a similar, I don't know. I, I just thought that angle was interesting. Mm-hmm. But um, it I think it, it, it just, it continues to, uh, you know, certify the NFL stance that if you, if you fuck with the product, we are going to come down hard on you in the game of, your, you know, first round draft picks are valuable in the NFL. First, first round draft picks are starters more often than not. They, they should be good starters. Is the NFL a football cartel? I'm rewatching Breaking Bad right now, and this sounds very cartel esque. Oh, you messed with the product? We're coming down on you. So, is the foot is the NFL just a football cartel? I think it is. Well, yeah. It's, I mean, you know, you compare the. Um, you compare the Calvin Ridley suspension to the Sean Watson suspension. I know, I know, us and many others have already hit on that point, but um, the the they have proven time. And I know the the um, the the wheel of discipline is wildly inconsistent, but uh, it it usually tends to come down harder on those that fuck with the integrity of the game, quote unquote. The integrity of the game. That's always an interesting term to me. The integrity of the game. There seems to be a lot, a lot of integrity going on often when it comes to professional football, but the integrity of the game always ends up being what's thrown around, which I find funny. I mean, going back to the refs, remember when they made, they changed the rules so that way you can challenge pass interference calls? 
Yeah. Um, that was, and then the refs just refused. Disastrous here. But the thing was, there wasn't the problem with the rule, per se. It was the refs just not overturning any of their calls. Just seeing the calls and saying, oh, no, we just got it right. And just basically just essentially intentionally tanking the rule change because they didn't want, like, anyone messing with their mojo. You know, it's the, the, it's the Ikea... It's the Ikea effect. I, I built the thing. I made the call. It must be good. It must be right. Yeah. Agreed. Finally, before I let you go, it's late. You're tired. You snoozed. You dozed off before this. I'll probably doze off myself not too long after this. Bill Russell, NBA legend, one of the greatest to ever do it, passed away on Sunday. Very sad, but he lived a long time illustrious life, 11 championships, 5 MVPs, uh, was the first African-American head coach in the top four sports in America, uh, in the in American professional sports. Um, uh, I believe he won two championships as a coach, as a head coach. Um, uh, he was a giant, both physically and, you know, uh, whatever... I, my, my brain is breaking right now, but in, like, word sense, gigantic. Uh, like, in his presence. His presence was gigantic. Uh, and apparently, he refused to accept his Hall of Fame nomination until uh, one of the first players in the NBA, first African-American players in the NBA was inducted. And so, after they did that, he accepted his induction as a coach in 2019, which... I thought it was cool. Thoughts? Um, yeah, Bill Bill Russell, a uh, an icon of not only the the early days of the NBA, uh, but also the the early civil rights movement. Um, in a lot of ways, um, we're we are worse off as as a as a population without his his influence in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite Bill Russell fact: He went ten and zero in Game Sevens. The man never lost a sick. Game Seven. That's sick. Come on. Um, yeah, it's he averaged twenty two and a half rebounds per game for his career. Bonkers. Um, a little, little inflated. That was the area when uh, teams were more concerned with getting a lot of shots up rather than quality shots True. up. I just um, imagine guys like him and Will Chamberlain were just living in a time where. It was just a bunch of like five foot like nine dudes just running around and chuck in you know and chucks, you know trying to, to pass the do bounce passes twenty times a game, and you know uh, 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 and then just getting the shit swat out him by just a massive dude like Bill Russell. Plumbers, plumbers and firemen. As, we don't uh, use those two. We, we don't use those two terms. You know this. <laughs> What I always found funny about that term is that they try to use that on Michael Jordan, and then like the plum- oh, it was a plumber, and the plumber turned out to be Larry Bird. Did you know that? That's a fun you fact. Know, People still plumbers, and the plumber was Larry Bird. Come your, on, your your current mustache looks very Larry Bird inspired. Thank you know what? I can't tell if that's a compliment or if that is a insult because Larry Bird, I don't know. if calling someone they look like Larry Bird is the nicest thing to say in the world. You might have to be suspended from the podcast. Anyway, folks, 
Thank you. Well, lots of suspension talk on this podcast, and maybe we're going to have to decide your suspension. Do we do it a whole year? Six episodes? None at all? I don't know. Uh, my my lawyer will be in contact with your team shortly. Um, your lawyer? Who's your lawyer? Saul Goodman? Get out of here. Anyway, folks, thank you all for watching slash listening. Go to icecoolsports.com to check out all of our stuff. Check out Ice Cold Sports on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. Leave five stars. Leave likes. Leave comments. All that jazz. Go on to Ice Cold SPRTS, at Ice Cold SPRTS, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Go to my social, at Tommy S. Gayen on Twitter, and then Check out Zach Lyons at Zach underscore Lyons 24 on Twitter. Am I correct? Yep. You got it, man. Got it correct. There we go. Anyways, folks, I am Tom again. Uh, this is Zach Lyons, both with big drinks. I have a dietary limeade. What do you have there, Zach? Uh, good old, good old Fresca. Oh, how about a Fresca? Anyway, folks, I'm Tom again. That's Zach Lyons. This has been ice cold. Sports. See you guys. All right, we were about to sign off. We just signed off, uh, but we just got breaking news. You can say it. Oh shit! It's. I think it's true. I was looking. I. I just. I got say a text it. from. I got a text from a friend. I was just going out to the interwebs to verify, but uh, it, it does appear that. Uh, the great broadcasting legend Vince Scully has passed away at the age of 94. It's that's, I mean, another guy who lived a long, amazing life, incredible life. I, I, I think he was beloved by everyone in sports. He was one of those guys who had just a magical voice who covered the game for so long. I remember when he retired Everyone was just completely just on, like everyone was talking about it, and everyone was missed him. And he, it's sad to see a legend like that pass right before our eyes. Um, any thoughts on the great Vince Gilly? Um, it it sucks to be doing this twice in one podcast with uh Bill, Bill Russell as well, but uh, we had yeah, we had a we're having a bad streak here. First Bill Russell now. Vincent Scully, that's uh, that's tough. Yeah, I, I think I think the thing I'll you know I'm I'm obviously not from L.A. or anything, but uh, the thing I'll remember about the few the few times I, I watched Vince Scully is uh, he they never paired him with anyone. He was always a solo act. Could do could do color and um you know color and play by play all by himself and make it look make it look easy. The job of two people in one booth. Um, and, and for most of his years in LA, he started on the radio. He, you know, he started broadcasting before, before television was like a widespread thing. Before the Dodgers um, were even L- in LA, they were the, in yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I, I think the other thing I'll remember is the, the fact that he was a simulcast on, you know, in, in, in his, his later years in LA as the, as the broadcaster, he was, he was simulcast on both radio and, and TV, um, and you know, I can't, I can't think of, yeah, it's four people's jobs right there all in one. Um, I can't, I can't think of really anyone else in that industry who's done the same. So, um, one of the greats of the golden age of baseball has passed away. Rest in peace, Mr. Ben Scully. 
In any case, folks, thank you all for watching or listening. I'm Tom again. That's Zach Lyons. And this has been Ice Cold Sports. See you guys.